Hello. Hello. Hello, welcome to Down the Line. This week, I want to talk about bullying. Now, I will admit it, I was bullied at school, just a little. Uh, I was a little bit overweight for a while, but I got over it. Are you a victim of bullying? Maybe you're a little bit fat, or maybe you're a nerd with, like, you know, silly thick glasses, or maybe you've got buck teeth, or, or you look like an idiot. Call in and let us know on 0800 068 7060, or email us at downtheline at bbc.co.uk. But don't feel like you have to just call in and talk about bullying. You can talk about anything you like. Maybe you saw something funny on the way to work this morning. Down the line, it's here for you. So, bullying, it can ruin people's lives and we want your calls. But maybe it's so bad that you want to run away and live somewhere completely different. Well, don't worry, because later on we've got an estate agent coming in from Pickering and West talking all about buying property abroad. Uh, so give him a ring if you like, 0800 068 7060 or email down the line at bbc.co.uk. OK, let's go to our first caller. Hello. Hello, Gary. Hello. Pamela. Hello, hello Pamela, how are you? I'm I wonder if you've ever experienced this. I'm walking along the street and I see a man coming towards me, quite old, with wonderful thick hair blowing in the wind, very trim, suit, sort of raffish swagger about him. And I think, oh, who is that? Might be a film star even. He gets closer and I realise he's actually a tramp in terrible condition. Has that ever happened to you? Actually, yes, it does happen quite a lot. Isn't and, uh... it funny how good they can look from a distance? Yeah, I mean, and they also... I just think it's interesting that people who are really in such terrible states can look so attractive from a distance. My, I've seen some really smart-looking ones. I mean, we, Honestly, I... man came towards me, I thought, that's Terence Stamp. And when he was closer, I thought, no, it's a tramp. Terence Stamp, that's good rhyming slang for a tramp. Do you know, Terence Stamp and actually... they don't get fat. What? They don't get fat. Thanks, Pamela. Bye. OK, I've got... Uh... Teddy Tucker on the line from London. Hello, Teddy. Hello, Gary. All right? All right. What, what are you ringing about today? Yeah, a lot of people talk about bullying these days, and, and they're moaning about it, saying it can be damaging. And I think you've got to accept that bullying is part of school and it's part of growing up. Get on with it. Well. I went to a comprehensive school. Uh, that was in the 70s. Um, and, I mean, it was a rough school. I had no idea. It was experimental school, actually. They, they had carpets, which had never happened before in a school. The girls was taught metalwork, and we were taught home economics. They tried all these things, but... It was a rough school, and people, after a while, we, it got swarmed over, you know. I mean, I got kicked unconscious in the first month twice, because everyone, everyone wore still toe-cap boots in those days. But do you think, think times have changed now? No. It's, 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 people moan now that you know, getting beaten up and bullied, and, and people are photographing it. I mean, at my school, we had air rifles, knives, we had detonators. Johnny Parker, once, mm. right, he made me a bit of a dead cat. What? Yeah, we got spat on. You had Chinese burns, punched in the head, fag burns, mm. you know, you bumps on concrete, bumps off concrete, people were thrown off buildings. I mean, that was just your average on board past the day bullying. And then if you got proper bullying, you had all kinds of stuff. I mean, you had proper torture going on. What? Oh, I remember they used to get the bunts and burners out, you know what I mean? Doing what? What would they do with them? Well, they'd turn them on full, they'd press your head down on top of it and leave you just above it so your eyebrows went and then your hair went. Do you know what the hottest point of a bunts and burner is? It's actually just at the, above the blue flame, not in fact at the peak. I do know that. I've only got five fingers. But listen, tell me, you think that has improved your life and your social skills? Do you think it helps children, genuinely helps children to be bullied? Yeah, it gets tough, toughens them up, doesn't it? Look, Gary, look, don't get me wrong. I, I can't maintain a relationship. I've got no relationship with my parents. I live on my own. And I have terrible, terrible, terrible long dark nights of the soul. But... Thanks very much for your call. And my next caller is uh, Lisa Clark. Where are you calling from? Oh, well, I'm, I actually live in Maidstone, but I'm from the North East. OK. 
I was walking through a park the other day and I saw a beautiful heron, absolutely lovely. Mm. Nobody was looking at it. Nobody except me. You know, here's a, be- a bird with a beak like 30 centimetres long, mm. beautiful long legs, and nobody, everyone was just walking past as if it was, you know, an everyday sight. No, they stare at pictures of boobs and adverts if there's a new bra out or those iPod adverts, but the heron, you know, one of God's creatures stumbled on the riverbank, not the sight you see every day, and nobody was looking except me. Maybe they didn't see it. You've got a point there, yeah. Thanks for your call. Right, um, I've got Pete Taylor on the phone. Hello, Pete. Hello, Gary. I just, I really just had to call in. Uh, I, I heard that lady you had called in earlier about seeing the uh, the tramp yes. in the street. And what I've always found intriguing, and no one's ever been able to properly explain to me, when you see tramps in the street, mm-hmm. why are they always arguing with each other? Mm. What can be so important in yeah. their lives that they have these massive stand-up rows about it? Yeah, maybe they're arguing... Over drink or, or territory, because you know they do uh, they do mark their own territory, don't they? Like they, their bench is their is their homestead. You think they'd have fairly carefree lives, really? Just, just just living out there on the streets, they've got no responsibilities, no one to look after, and uh, you'll be walking along, you'll see some terrible sc- skinny, scraggy woman with short black hair. She'll be leaning over some bloke who's lying on the pavement, covered in wee, and they'll be they'll be really having a go at each other. You think to them. You know, calm down. You know, what does it matter, really? Yeah, they've got no real stresses in their lives, have they? Well, of course they Why do you think they're there in the first place? They can't just go home, <laughs> that, can they? That, that would be my dream, Gary. Well, to be a tramp. You know, I'm out at work. It's great, lovely time. You go home instantly. You're through the door. The wife's having a go at you. The kids are misbehaving. You've got to sort this out, that's out. The plumber needs coming. All that stuff comes on top of you. And you think, I've got to live outside. I've got to live in a garden. You know, I'd much rather just go down to the local supermarket and stock up on cans of tenants or something and just sit by the side of the road in a pool of piddle. Well, why don't you go and try that and see how you like it? I think I will. I think I will. Well, good luck. Give us a ring back and tell us how you get on. (laughs) All right. Cheers. Ta-ta. See, we're not afraid to try social experiments here on Down the Line. Okay, uh, I've got Graham Downs on the line. Hello, Graham. Hi, Gary, how are you? I'm good. Welcome to Down the Line again. Thank you very much. A wine of pleasure. Yep. I'm just thinking, why was your story, um, the topic you said about, have mm. you seen anything interesting lately? Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, uh, for me, all I've seen really mainly is the, my bedroom ceiling, Gary, because you know I thought I'm bed bound most of the time. Have you ever thought about putting something interesting on your ceiling, like well, a painting? A mural. Yeah. Maybe. Like the Sistine Chapel, can Yeah. Or maybe I could get... I was thinking, at one point, if I get the mirror angled in the right way, I could have a little, little peek outside as well. Why are you on the phone there, Graham? We're, yeah. we're also talking today about, about bullying. I suppose that, that would have been a big problem for you at school. It's a difficult topic for me. Yeah. About, actually, with your me? With your weight? Yeah, I mean, to an extent, Gary. You know, obviously, because I do carry a lot of weight. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the bullying was a terrible problem for me. In a and way. did it start young? Yeah, I mean, I was dreadful. I would batter anyone I came across. You know what I mean? I, I was really was a very bad bully. Oh right! Yeah. You weren't bullied yourself. No, not at all, Gary. No, people were very, very wary of me because I had a very quick temper and the bulk to to back it up. You know. Mm. So you know, if I went through someone, I really went through them. You know. So, so you kind of did you do this in order to prevent people from bullying you? Do you what I mean is you attack first, so no one bullied you back. I've been it for fun, really, Gary. You know? Right. Yeah. 
Right. I'm, I'm, but, but now I really regret it, you know, because I think I made some people's lives a misery, you know. Yeah. And, and in fact, actually, I think in the reflecting on what I've done, it's actually led to my conditions worse than myself, as you can. Really? In what way? I've paid a heavy price for it emotionally, Gabriel, but it really wore down to me the misery right. I caused people. Yeah, like uh, self I'd just like to use the airways, I'd like to use down the line, uh, in order to apologise to all my victims, I'm very sorry. Oh, right. Uh, uh, I beg forgiveness. I mean, you've almost paid the price in a way, haven't you, for what you're going through now? I certainly have, Gary. Yeah, thanks very much for your thanks call. Thanks very much. Bye. See you. Oh, poor Graham. OK, uh, we've got uh, Ruth from Primrose Hill. Hello, Ruth. Hello. I just wanted to say I've had a really terrible walk to the bank. Mm? I walked past, on the pavement, three dog poos, mm. all smeary, and then mm. a vomit. Right, thank, thanks very much for your call. Right, I'm now joined by Ross Porter, my special guest, who's an estate agent from Pickering and West, and we're going to be discussing buying properties abroad and at home. Hello, hello, Ross. Hello there, Gary. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, are you a, are you a celebrity estate agent? No, I, <laughs> I wouldn't describe myself as a celebrity estate agent. Right. Are there celebrity estate agents? I don't think so, no. 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 And uh, do you know, I've always wondered who was the first ever estate agent. Do you know who that was? No, I don't, I don't think anyone knows that. Don't they? Did it start in this country? No, I think as long as there's been property being bought and sold, there have been estate agents... Lur- lurking in the background. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say lurking. Oh, I would. So, so Ross, uh, Pickering and West, um, is, is that a nationwide uh, yeah, estate agency? Yeah, we're a nationwide yeah. agency, but we're moving more and more into uh, European and foreign markets. I think mm. most people will have seen our, our cars whizzing about the place. We have these fleets of brightly coloured VW Beetles with the Pickering and West livery on them. And, right. and pe- people love that. It, you know, it brings a smile to their faces. And, uh, a bit like Foxton's. Foxtons. Well, we were actually we we were doing our Volkswagens before they were doing their their minis. Actually. Oh right, so they they copied you. No, uh, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that Foxtons. No. Uh, people people love it. It brings a human face to estate agents. I think. Yeah. So I mean, these days, what with internet, you know, I can turn on the computer and I can see the whole of a house just by doing a three sixty degrees thing. I can see exactly where what the amenities are around. I mean, these days, there's not really much need to actually go and visit the house because you can see it all on the computer. Do you think that people should? go and visit a house before they buy it, or is it adequate just to look on the computer and pick a picture? Um, always, always, always. I would say the first rule of buying a house is actually visit the house and look at it. I mean, we all know that pictures can lie. Mm. We've all used a, a wide-angle lens to make a tiny, pokey little room look like a huge, great, palatial... Well, you've done that, have you? No. And what is the hot place to buy these days? Where is, where is everyone saying, I've got to get a place there? Well, the thing is, buying property uh, in England as a, as a business venture is becoming less and less profitable because properties are so expensive and people have become wise to it. It's very hard to find a house that is underpriced and be able to sell it overpriced. Mm. You can still buy very cheap properties abroad in places where people are perhaps not as well informed, not as intelligent as people selling property over here. Mm. You know, you go into peasant communities, uh, poor rural areas, mm. and the people there, they, they can't afford televisions, they, they haven't watched all the programmes that, that, that we make over here, like Location, 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 mm. House Hunters. But, uh, but yeah, as I say, you know, these people, um, they don't really know what's going on in the world, they don't read newspapers, mm. they're not very well informed, they are... 
Um, they're, they're too stupid, I think, probably to realise how much they could be making on their property. So these are the places I would advise people to go. So uh, stupid countries or, or war-torn areas, maybe? No, not war-torn areas, no. But there's potential there's there. danger of... Yeah, but uh, uh, there's potential, though. I mean, well, you... When the war is finished, I mean, places like Croatia now are, are, are magnificent places to, to buy property, but I wouldn't ever have advised anyone while the war was going on. No, but, but, see, I mean, but if you think about it, uh, Ross, if I, I see dirt-cheap prices, I mean... Not Iraq, for example, Basra, somewhere like that. No. You can't even buy there now. It's so cheap. It's probably minus money. And I know that in a 100 years' time... There is always a danger, buying property abroad, that a war might break out or something of that nature, a terrible natural disaster. Look at, you look know, at, it's, it's down to time, and you have to do it after these things have happened when prices are low. Yeah, that's fascinating. So we'll be taking your calls in a minute, so if you've got anything to ask Ross Porter, give us a ring on 0800 068 7060 or email us at downtheline at bbc.co.uk. OK, Ross, it's now time to go to the phones with your phone calls, and our first caller is Liz Wilmot from... Grampians. Oh, hello, Gary. Hello. Hello, and um, the gentleman from the estate agent. Hello. Yeah, Ross, yes. Ross, yeah. hello, Ross. Um, I'm just a bit concerned because I live in a very nice property, but I'm constantly pestered. You're people putting cards through my door, two or three, every day. Uh, do you want to sell your house? Do you want to, I don't want to how, sell how many? It. How many exactly? Two or three? <laughs> just a lot. I get a lot. Well, how many's a lot? My door. How many's a lot? More than a few? I get more than a few. Yeah, a Less than a couple? Several? Well, it matter all well, it ma- I'm pestered, well, the, the, well, the, totally. more, the more cards that you get, if you got three cards through, I'd say that was quite irritating, but two oh, isn't so bad. Like two a day is all right, is it? So that's quite a I lot. I think two a day is probably uh, acceptable, yes. That's probably the I industry standard. So. Right. And my thumbs are sort of milk in the envelopes, and all the time it's just, do you want to sell your house? I don't. Can I ask you a question, um, Liz? Yes. Do you want to sell your house? Okay, fair enough. Thank you very much for your call. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, who's on the line? Hello. Hello. What's, what's your your friend on there? The estate agent. It's Ross. Hello. You're an estate agent, yeah? Yes. Okay, so as you, as you become one of them, um, I you know I yeah, but it's not like you're a doctor, is it? Or you know you ain't got any qualifications, have you? Listen I have the this. standards. What right? No, hold up. It's my time now. You've had your little talk. What right have you got to come in my house and tell me what a double aspect is, or something is stunning, or that room needs opening out, or that porch is gloomy? I've seen, I've seen literally thousands yeah, of properties. Yeah, but whoa, 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 um, no, you misunderstand me. What qualification have you got? If a doctor comes around my house and he says, you're ill, right? You're sick, go to bed. Well, I, I, no, I'm whoa, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What right have you got? You've got no qualification. But I you're am. Not, a, you're, not, a, whoa, whoa, whoa. you're not recognised by anyone. If you just let me, you. If you can you just let me, can you let me speak a second? You know, of course I'm qualified. Um, I've trained to be an estate agent, and Where? I've got the standard Where? standard qualification. Where? Let him finish. I, what is it? I, I, what is the standard qualification? Do you see my point? It's a BACB. It's a the British Agents. You're um, hated, you people. Do you know that? I'm going now. I don't um, want to overstate my case, but you're hated. To me, you're one below right. the hangman. Thanks very much for your call. So, Ross, what kind of countries are a good place to invest at the moment? Well, uh, as I said before, Croatia is uh, very cheap. Any of the areas of the former Yugoslavia, and uh, there's some, now some lovely large properties there mm. w- which are empty and are going cheap. Um, a lot of the people there obviously died. Yeah. Uh, and I understand that Nigeria is a very cheap place to buy at the moment. Properties are quite low there. Yes, um, understandably so. Mm. Would you recommend somewhere like Nigeria? Do you think that's on the up? No. Oh, right. well, what about Zimbabwe? No, not really. Um, people like us aren't very welcome there at the moment. Oh. 
But if we're British people, will they leave us be because of the Commonwealth? Some places, obviously, British uh, British people are welcome, and others not so welcome. Where aren't we welcome? Just so people at home know, don't go there, because it might be cheap, but it's because they don't like us. Well, obviously, at the moment, um, Iraq, yeah. Iran, Syria, Lebanon, Palestine, well, most of the Middle East and large parts of Africa, mm. um, North Korea, Australia, Argentina, Wales... Afghanistan. What about in the hills? No, that's a very volatile market there at the moment. My next caller is Anne Cook from Hay on Wye. Hello, Anne. Hello. Hello. What's your question for Ross? Well, I've been listening with great interest today because I am actually looking to buy in France. Great, great choice. um, I'm looking for a gîte. Um, somewhere with a couple of bedrooms, a little bit of land, and um, probably in La Vendée area. That is a lovely, that's mm. a spectacular area, and still some very cheap properties there, and they really are lovely buildings there, aren't they? Yes, I've been on holiday there a couple of times, actually. Um, Short breaks, and I've I've looked around. I really, really Mm. like what I see. see, The the French, Mm. they don't particularly like these old houses. They find that, you know... They they want the more modern houses, so it does mean that there's some fantastic property out there. Um, But I'm looking for a reasonably deserted area, not very many houses around... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, quite a bit of land. So, because um, I'm not, I'm not terribly keen on on the French themselves. Right. So you like the property in France, but I not love particularly the, I the French. I love the way of life. Love the sunshine, the food. Just, you don't uh, like the French. No, I just don't mm-hmm. like the people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking for somewhere, somewhere secluded. Um, what about? Are there places that are like France, but not where she wouldn't have to meet French like, people? Mm. Um, well, there's Channel Islands, but they're, that's quite expensive still. Um, do you like Italians? No. No? Have you yeah. thought about Malta? No, that isn't, that's not a bad... There, there, are, a lot bad. Of, there are a lot of There's English lot there of already. English people, exactly, so, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. You might yeah. feel quite at home. Yes, well, yeah. maybe I'll try there then. Well, thanks. Hope. Well, good luck with your quest. OK, got another caller on the line. We've got Tony Dryden from Crawley. Hello, Tony. Oh, hello. D- does, uh, does your guest know anything about Foxton's? I just, I just want, is, is that business owned by Bruce Foxton, the uh, guy who used to play bass in the jam? No, um, not as far as I know. I mean, Foxton's been around, I think, for a long time before the jam. I, it's possible, I suppose, that a member of his family may be involved mm. somewhere in it, but I, I'm Could not... Could be his dad, do you think? I, I don't... Well, I'm not an expert on the jam, but I, I, I thought, actually, Bruce Foxton was in a new band or had started a new band. I think you'll find he plays bass in a band that does jam covers at the weekend and that kind of thing he's just keeping his hand in that's not going to kind of put food on the table is it well I, as i say i'm not really an expert on bruce box and I, no. for all i know he may be in a very I, successful I band i didn't even know who he was oh, well, won a lifetime achievement award yeah and uh bruce foxton and rick buckler who was uh, if you don't know about the jam he was the drummer and mm-hmm. uh, they should surely have got a mention don't you think i didn't I mean, it was mainly for paul weller's solo career i think really that's, that was an outstanding contribution to music well, I'd have thought anything that was outstanding and a contribution to music, Paul Weller did uh, with Messrs Buckler and Foxton behind him, because anything he's done on his own, he's kind of dreary and lumpen in the in the extreme. Well, actually, I, I'm I'm quite a big fan of um, the one "You're the Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me." I think that's a that's a standard, isn't it? I think you'll find that wasn't a solo Paul Weller. I think you'll find he was a member of the Style Council at that point. His well, kind of popish follow-up post, to the post post jam. But do you have post a question about property? Paul Weller owns a lot. Property. Yeah. Abroad. Yes. Um, if I wanted to buy a property from Bruce Foxton, which oh. branch 
would I go into? I really don't think that Bruce Foxton does work for Foxtons. I mean, for instance, where I live, there's a, a restaurant called McCartney's, and to my knowledge, Paul McCartney has nothing to do with it. I think no. just because the name is similar doesn't mean that at somewhere down the line a, a pop personality is involved. Yeah. I've got a news agent near me called Stings. Oh, yeah. And does Sting own it? Well, I don't think so. No, I don't see him. It's owned by, by, by an Asian lady. See, if I'm Sting and I want to invest my money and uh, keep out of the public eye, I think a news agent is a great place to go. Mm-hmm. I and mean, if you open up Sting's kind of hairdressers and beauty parlour and waxing salon, everyone's going to go, oh, it's that Sting. Well, I, I would have thought, actually, if he was going to, wanted to invest in something and keep a low profit, he'd probably use his, his real name. Gordon um, Sumner. Sumner's. Yeah, yes. Gordon Sumner. All right, I'll take your point. Thank you very much, Tony. That was interesting. Ross, for sale signs are a thing of the past, aren't they? No. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, we've got Clive Rossiter. Where are you from, Clive? I'm from the north of England. It's not my real name, but that's all. That, that's, you know, it'll do for now. OK. I'm talking to the estate agent fella, right? Hello there, hi. Hello there. Hello. Ross, Listen, hi. you're talking about properties abroad, mm-hmm. right? Now... There are security implications in a lot of these countries that you're talking about. Say, for example, right, you were buying a property in Poland, yeah? You were, you were doing a development in Poland, mm-hmm. in Krakow, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something about that place, right? I could pack a van full of explosives, right? Mm. I could drive it right into that development and kaboom! Right, and don't try to contradict me because I come from a military background and know what I'm talking about. If we could just stick to a, st- a property abroad... Rather than I'm just letting bombs. you know the security implications, that's all, all right? Is that all your point? That's all. That's Thanks all very much for your call. Thanks, Thank you. Clive. Goodbye. He had a point, though, didn't he, Ross? Well, I don't think you could say that anywhere in the world is 100% safe. Next caller is Bob Whitehorn, and you're from Guildford. Hello, Bob. Yes, I started reading and say that uh, I own my own house. No mortgage, no stamp duty, no loans, no mortgage, nothing. Beat that. Right. Thanks very much for your call. Uh, my next caller is Alison Bread from Redcar. Hello, Alison. What's your question for Ross? Well, my question, you know, when we're talking about buying places, you know, abroad and being sat about in your bikini and everything all the time, well, that's all very well, but, you know, some of us can't afford it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not suggesting that everyone goes and buys somewhere abroad. Obviously, this... No, but, you know, you make it sound like there's affordable properties on the costas, and actually they're not for me. Personally, well, you might actually find that these these properties are uh, considerably cheaper than anything mm. you can buy in England, although probably not. not no, red but, car, but actually. That, you know, I can't buy anywhere in England really either. Not even in Redcar, I should imagine properties there are pretty cheap. Aren't yeah. They? How much do you have to spend on a house? Well, I don't have any to spend on a house. Well, you don't need anything. All you need is your deposit, which is what ten percent. So ten percent of thirty thousand is three thousand pounds. Well, where am I going to get three thousand pounds from? Do you work? No. OK, thanks, Alison, but I think perhaps this phone-in is not really for people like you. So, Ross, do you have a big house? Uh, I don't, I, it's not particularly large or small. I mean, I, I don't have a family, so... Um... Why not? Don't you meet lots of women when you go around houses? Do you meet lots of women? Well, you know, we have professional, you know, code of conduct. Well, we that... don't go around... But there's a thing, isn't there? There's a thing. There's an element of trust you have to have in an estate agent. You know, you have to go around and show totally. women... we are like doctors. Well, you are. You have to trust an estate agent. Well, it's your that's future. Why I, that's why I say always use an estate agent. People are now buying and selling houses direct on the internet. And, you know, the, it's very likely that um, a murderer could come round to your house. And, are there and, illegal, like there are illegal cab drivers, are there illegal estate agents around from, with no qualifications, without the BACBBs? Um, well, no, I, I, 
I wouldn't. I don't know what to say. Okay, well, let's go to another caller. Hello, who's there? Is that Bagata? Hello, it's Beata. Beata, yeah. Oh, that's an interesting. Where are you from? I'm from Poland, oh. but I live here now. Okay. But I, there is no caller. He has a family property. I want to to sell, mm. and um, I don't want to go over the internet because I don't trust it. Exactly, and that's but why I don't you trust should... you either. Well, no, you should go through an estate agent. I, I want to think... do it myself. So I come on the, the I come to call you now to say this on the Polish Riviera. Fine, if you want to come and no, come round no, to my estate. I want to tell Gary. Yes. Gary, I have a house to sell. Right. If it's on the Polish Riviera, you can, can I just buy it. Stop you we there can, for we shouldn't really be doing that on the. It has five rooms. It is really beautiful. Then it has a grandparents' board. Okay, can I just say mm-hmm. uh, to any listeners, this is just the sort of thing you know why you must go through an estate agent. The term but Polish I, I Polish Riviera sounds very glamorous. Yes, Polish Riviera. But it's actually it's the Baltic Sea, have isn't been? it? Have you been? I, I, well, it's the Baltic Sea. But is, is it very... Yes, the Baltic Sea. You could call anywhere by any no. stretch of water Riviera, but, yes, it, but it it's not the, like the south of France, it's, it's the Baltic term, Sea. It's a technical term, technical term. But uh, is the Baltic Riviera very pretty? Oh, very, it's beautiful. And what do you... It's so beautiful. Ross? Um, good, Ross, I have a question. Yes. You say you're like a doctor. Yes. I have a strange lump. OK. Thank you very much for your call. It's been fa- fascinating. Uh, we've got another call for Ross, uh, and it's Siddy from Bexley Heath. Hello, Sid. Hello, how are you doing? All right? Yeah. I was just calling about the, the other fellow, a guy calling about the jam. The British oh, OK. Band. I think that was one of the great British bands. But I, I'm not favouring what he'd done after. The style cancer, all that, all dressed in white, looked like a mug. And... He's, he's released a few good records as himself, but let's not lock the jam. They was there for a lot of people, a lot of young people like me. When I was growing up, my parents broke up, and he was there for me every week on top of the pops. He looked really smart. Yeah, well, thanks very much for your call, Sidney. Uh, oh, yeah, well, good luck with the houses, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Do you have a, a question about property abroad? Uh, yeah, all right. Um, what is the biggest house in France? <laughs> Uh, House, what, on the market? Or or just existing? I mean, Versailles, I would... Pardon? Versailles, I would think, probably is the largest. What's that? The Palace of Versailles, but I don't think it's for sale. Okay, thanks. That's an interesting point. What is the biggest house in the world? I don't know. uh, I I have no idea what the biggest house in the world is. Taj Mahal? That's 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 a mausoleum. Where dead people go? Well, when they go there, then they are. Well, thank you so much. That's uh, Ross Porter there from Pickering and West. Uh, we've had a fascinating conversation, although it did seem to peter out at the end. Uh, oh, oh, well, we have got time for one more call, uh, and uh, we've got a call about bullying, which we were t- talking about earlier on. Uh, hello, who's there? Oliver. Hello, Oliver. Hello. Um, I'm ringing about bullying... Mm. I was educated at home. Right. Um, my mother was very conscious of education, which meant that I um, was able to take five A-levels and pass them when I was nine years old. Oh. And I won a scholarship to Oxford at 12. Wow. But it must have been a bit of a sheltered education. Well, no, my mother was, as I say, very conscious of the need for a rounded social education as well. Mm. So once a week she would invite the, the children from next door to come round and beat me up. Oh, right. Well... Um, that's the end of Down the Line for this week. Uh, we'll see you again next time. Good night.